Good afternoon, Professor Peter Lanham. Good afternoon to you, Johnny. Now, what are we talking about on this afternoon's edition of That's the Spirit? We are going to look at a crucial anniversary that the Shiite Muslims have been celebrating on, now the 28th was Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the, well, the, really the beginnings of Shiite uh, beliefs in the Battle of Karbala that killed the grandson of Muhammad. Uh, okay, so we're going way uh, back in time here. We are going way back in time, but it's got lots of contemporary relevance. Okay. Now talk us through it, Peter Lanham. Okay, so um, this is the crucial point at which Shiite and Sunni started to diverge. It been the establishment of... Uh, effectively, the descendants of Muhammad were assumed initially to be the natural inheritors of leading Islam, leading the movement. Mm. But during uh, the reign of his son, there was a lot of tension, and the result was the formation of what became the Umayyad Caliphate. Mm-hmm. So that was people who were not direct descendants of, of Muhammad uh, leading the movement. And then in the Battle of Karbala, which is 680, common era, um, so only 60 years after the death of Muhammad, um, there's an attempt to capture uh, the grandson, Hussain bin Ali, uh, who was respected as a great man, but of course the Umayyads didn't want him in charge, um, and his little entourage of two people was massacred, every single one of them, uh, by the 4,000 uh, troops of, of uh, Umar. Mm-hmm. And the result is that to this day, in, especially in Iran, but also in quite a lot of Iraq, because the, play, the events took place in Iraq, there's enormous, enormous events that take place on, on this day on Ashur um, to remind them of these terrible, terrible events. Mm. Mm. Peter, well, just just while you were getting into that, I had a thought pop into yes. my head. Yeah, I mean, just on the the similarities between, I'm assuming that the Quran does the Quran tell these stories in sort of different versions between like the Shiite and the no. Sunni version. It's oh not no, no, the Quran, the Quran doesn't. No, the Quran does not tell these stories because because the Quran is assumed to have come from the pen of Muhammad. Yes. And although a lot of scholars would question that yeah. today, and um, so much of it is an oral tradition, mm. and um, the result is that these oral traditions are remembered in very, very different ways. Okay, so uh, I've, I've, by, I've got probably incredibly ignorant questions. Uh, are there any yep. similarities between the Quran and the Bible? I mean, does does Jesus was Jesus around, happening around the same time as Muhammad? Are there similarities between these right, stories? Right, well, you and need experience? a very basic. You need yes. some basic. <laughs> I was yeah. just I was just thinking about. It. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. So the Quran. Um, Muhammad lived from the five eighties. Um, uh, died in six twenty. Yeah. Common era. Um, 
And so he's after Jesus mm-hmm. um, 600 years later. Okay, all right. And um, he, he grows up in the desert in areas where there is not very much Christianity in that part of Arabia. Yes. Um, uh, but there would have been, there was some indirect knowledge, but there was quite a lot of knowledge of, of, of the Jews. And so the Quran tells from the point of view of Arabs some of the stories that overlap in the Old Testament, but tells them differently mm. because they trace themselves to Ishmael, the, the younger, the oldest son of Abraham, mm. uh, not the legitimate son. Yes. And uh, then there's brief reference, references to Jesus and there's great respect for the person of Mary um, and a bit of knowledge about Christianity. But it's an interesting thought. If Christianity had not split up into so many rival sects in that area, possibly um, Muhammad might have had such a such an odd view of what Christianity taught, because the Quran says that Jesus didn't die, he simply swooned, mm-hmm. um, and so there wasn't a resurrection. He was one of the great prophets, um, second only to Muhammad, mm. but but they reject any claim that he would be related to God because the strong belief in monotheism mm. regarded the Trinity teachings of Christianity as heretical. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Now, back, you are back, instant, instant Islam. I'm just trying to like catch up on some history. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, apologies. Well, it, it, it's interesting because most people are really surprisingly ignorant about Islam in this yes. country. Yes, um, and yet. It is the third largest religion uh, in the in New Zealand, mm. and there's very good reasons why we should understand it. It's yes. interesting. Yesterday at Avondale Market, I was approached. As the second time I've been approached, and I reminded the man I talked to him before, um, by a, a little tent of uh, Sunni Muslims, mind you, not Shiite Muslims. Mm. Um, and um, they said, please take our leaflet and pray before you read it, and you will gain insight and understanding. Oh. And it's it's very interesting to meet evangelizing Muslims mm. who can operate a little bit like Christians. They're, they're not quite sure how to operate because Islam has largely flourished in Islamic lands. Mm. You know, just like Christianity required the support of the ruler. So most Islam has been under the support of Islamic rulers. Were they they Shiites or anything? No, no, they weren't Shiites. Shiites. There is a small Shiite uh, uh, mosque, I think it's in Pakaranga, Mm -hmm. out in the Howick direction anyway. Um, But I have never actually had direct contact with them. Mm -hmm. I'd certainly be interested to make contact with them. But the number of Iranians in New Zealand, because of the troubles in Iran, has not been large. Yes. And um, so they're often forced. I mean, the relationship between Sunni and Shiite is such that it would be unusual Shiites to worship at a Sunni mosque, but not impossible. Mm-hmm. They just have to keep their prayers to themselves, probably. Um, but they, their fundamental creed is the same. But what they believe very, very deeply is that the Sunni killed the grandson of Muhammad, who was the valid ruler. And 
even Sunnis do feel guilty about this. Mm. You know, they do feel kind of ashamed, and it is a possible day on which Sunnis can fast mm. um, to do so. But for, for, for Shiites, their great dream is to run to the tomb where the Battle of Kabbalah was fought, um, where he died, uh, and then go to where the tomb is a few kilometers away. Mm. It's not far from Baghdad, and many, many thousands of Shiites would have been there because since um, uh, the revolution in Iraq, it's been possible for Shiites, who actually are the majority in, in Iraq, to once again practice their religion. Mm. Yeah, of course, because no. it was not made very possible by, by their predecessor. Now, uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks, we have talked about the Quran being burnt <clears throat> in Sweden and yes. that sort of carry on. Obviously, uh, Ashura is falling at a time that this is happening in Western countries. What, what, are you, what are the takeaways from this? I mean, how do you see that, Peter? For Ashura, it's much more a day of mourning hmm. than anything else. So although there have been occasions of violence um, during Ashura, partly because the Shiites are such a minority in most places mm. that they only really in Iran would they be capable of doing something. But it was Ashura, in fact, the celebrations of Ashura and the numbers of Shiites who wanted to cross from Iran to Iraq um, to, to go to the site of mourning that was what promoted the Iranian revolution back in 1980. Mm. It's really important. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, yes, you're quite right. But in occasions like this can be really quite dangerous occasions when there's an enormous amount of popular excitement and distress and memories of history and of grievances. Um, but you probably have to be a bigger majority than Shiites would be in most places yes. to produce that kind of public reaction. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Um, Peter, was there anything else you wanted to add, or should we just sort of look forward to next week's, next week's edition yes. of That's the Spirit? Let's do that. All right. Hey, Peter, thank you so much um, for everyone out there listening. Tune in next week. We should have both Peter Lynham and the one and only David Farrier here to chat religion. Uh, next Monday. It's going to be interesting. So tune in from 4.30. <laughs> All right, mate. See you. See you. Bye-bye.